welcome to Semper Sometimes with Benny. So, I'm in my car right now, so I don't really know how the audio is going to go on this, so I'm apologizing. But, you know, I really just wanted to come on and tell you, talk to you guys about my, uh, my love for, for the Marine Corps. I was gonna say that this thing and kind of get you guys to think about what I was talking about, but it's kind of obvious. But uh, you know, this weekend I was um, I went to a new unit, and um, you know I'm a reservist. I'm typically to a new unit, a place where I never knew nobody. You know, a place where I've, I've never met these people. Um, you know, and and it's crazy because I was telling this to somebody yesterday. Because you know, you. <clears throat> There's something that's crazy about the Marine Corps is that you the Marine Corps is the only place where you'll freaking walk into a hotel room in a hotel room, not a hotel. Walk into a hotel room, you get a room, and there's two beds. You're in the shower, and all of a sudden you hear the door open of the hotel room, and another dude walks in that you've never met in your life, and now this is the first time you're ever meeting him, and he's in his sleep in a bed next to you. And in the Marine Corps, it's like, oh, it's, it's normal. You know? That would never happen anywhere else in the world. You know what I mean? And um, it's crazy because you're just like, ah, whatever. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, I, I just say all this because it, it's really insane that, you know, you can, you can go from never knowing somebody to never meeting somebody to not knowing who the hell they are to, to meeting somebody and meeting many people and, and becoming brothers immediately. And I truly mean that when I say that, like, you know, people have this idea that you can have this other places, and it's not, it's not true, man. You know, you talk to anybody who was, a, a, you know, either, even even people who are in, like, NFL or in, in, in other major sports, you know, that were in the Marine Corps, you know, or people who are in business or anywhere, you know, in life, cops, firefighters, they'll tell you that the camaraderie that you have within the Marine Corps is something that's unmatched. And, um, and I really, I knew that already, but, you know, I found it even more this weekend. Um, because I literally met up, met this random ass dude, um, this staff sergeant, and it was crazy. It sucks. But uh, him, two people, like three of them, you know, they were all checking out while I was checking in. And um, so I spent the whole weekend getting signatures with them, bullshit with them, getting lunch with them, you know, laughing and joking and all this shit. And, um... You know, I, I was tight. You know, I was really pissed off that they were leaving. And, and I said that, you know, I was like, wow, man, I really wish I had known y'all for the 12 years that I've been in. And uh, it, it's crazy that that we, we meet people like that, you know, and that, and now we'll be like, well, friends, I, I know that, even though I just met them for like two days. But, you know, and something that I also want to talk about, you know, is, you know, I, I gotta be very careful at how I say this. And, and, and how I say this, you know, it, it's, um, I don't want it to be used against me later on in life, <laughs> but, you know, I, I think if I say it correctly, it, it'll come out the right way, but, you know, I think we, we need to remember, especially as leaders, um, that we're not supposed to impose upon other people's beliefs, you know, just because I believe something doesn't mean it's right, just because I believe something, just because I'm a staff sergeant or, or anyone higher than that or, or not, 
You know, just because I, I believe something does not mean that it's right. Just because I, I went ahead and did something doesn't mean that it was the right thing to do. Now, mind you, for me, for my life, for my beliefs, for my mentality, my, my family, all those things, you know, that was the right thing for me to do at the time for me. I mean, but for me to impose upon you is not right. So if I'm, you know, giving a speech, I'm talking this to an audience, and I say, well, listen, guys, I went ahead and did X, Y, Z. And you know what? I believe that it was the right thing to do. You know, and I believe, you know, and I respect all of you for making your own decisions. And I respect you whether you decide to do what I did or not. But I'll, I'm going to leave it off with this. I also believe that you're going to go ahead and do the right thing. Now, I, I don't know if I'm just reading into shit too much, but if, if somebody says that, or if I was to say that, that's me imposing my, my will. That's me imposing myself, my idea, my values on you. Because I'm literally, by saying that, I'm saying, if you quote what I said, I believe you're going to do the right thing. Well, then who's to determine the right thing? And, you know, without getting into the, the, the thing of it and the weeds of it, that's what's, a lot of what's going on in the world right now is, is people are on, on these platforms and these leadership roles. And they're saying, hey, I think you'll do the right thing. But the thing that people are forgetting is that the right thing for me might not be the right thing for you. And vice versa. And the reality of it is, is that until the day of judgment comes, none of us know what the right thing to do is. And we're all just holding on, thinking that what we did is the right thing. You know, and, and, and I pray that what we do is the right thing. And I pray that what you do is the right thing. But at the end of the day, one of us is going to be wrong. But for you or I or anyone to say, I trust you'll do the right thing. Well, hey, bro, just so we get clear here, if I don't agree with what you think is the right thing, well, according to you, then I'm wrong. Like, let's use some common sense here, bro. Like, <laughs> if, I, if I teach you how to, you know, teach you how to fold the bed, and and you don't agree with it. You're like, nah, it's not how I like my bed folded. I don't like my bed like that. I don't like my bed folded like that. And then I come along and I'm like, well, you know, I believe wholeheartedly that um, you know, folding your bed this way is the right thing. And I believe uh, that you're gonna do the right thing. Well, what did I just tell you? I just literally told you that if you don't fold the bed the way that I taught you, then you're doing it the wrong way. Even though to you, you're doing it the right way. So again, everybody listening, you gotta listen to what people are saying because they're literally telling you shit like that. That what you believe is wrong. But they're not saying that. But that's what they're saying. If you catch what I'm saying. Oh, and then, another thing too. It's crazy. I think... I don't know, man. I, I think, you know, really what I'm trying to get at is just 
there's so much going on in the world. And I think that we're forgetting about such major things. And we're forgetting about the lives in which we, we touch, you know, not literally, but, you know, figuratively, spiritually, mentally. You know, we we affect a lot of people in every day. And, and the thing is, is that whether you believe you do or not, you do. Even if it's one person, it's, it's a person, you know, and the things that you say, the things that you do, whether it's your family, your children, your wife, your kids, you know, or your, uh, you know, Marines or soldiers or whoever that you're leading in some capacity, like, you're affecting somebody. And, and sometimes you don't even think about it, you know, you don't realize that people are always watching you, and it's the reality. And, um, you know, sometimes you got to realize that. you got to realize that, you know, the things that you're going to do and the things that you're going to say are going to hold consequences. And especially in the, in, the, in the position of being in the Marine Corps, like, a lot of times that shit also involves livelihoods or lives. You know, so when you, when you start imposing your views on people and just, just the way you go about things, got to remember that because your opinion and, and, and again it's I, I feel the same way and I'm saying this to myself as well you know if I have an opinion I'm gonna and I tell you your opinion first of all if you ask for my opinion and I'm gonna say that you know hey listen this is my opinion on this and at the end of the day you're gonna do what you're gonna do but if you don't want me to give you my opinion then I'm not gonna offer it up and that's something you know I think as we grow older we learn but reality of it is, is that, man, listen, you know, opinions are like assholes, everybody has one, you know, some are clean, some are dirty, but, you know, you, you really gotta understand that, you gotta understand that, you know, when you, when you make a decision, there's gonna be repercussions, and sometimes the repercussions aren't just yours, they're not just for your life, they're not just for you, they're for those that surround you, they're for your family, they're for the future, you know, and, and some things aren't gonna be right now, you're not gonna know you know, you make a decision right now, you're not going to know the answer for it. It could be years, it could be a lifetime. You have no idea. It might not even be your lifetime. You have no idea. And that's why you got to be cognizant of what it is you're doing. And then, you know, on top of that, it's like, you know, and, and a lot of people try to ask me that, you know, why do you love the Marine Corps so much? And a lot of people ask that question, why do you love the Marine Corps so much? As much as, it, as everything happened to you, especially everything that have, what have, went down on recruiting with you, why would you ever go back home? Why, why would you say in the Marines? Bro. I just do. You know, I, the Marine Corps... The Marine Corps should be a place of, of love. The Marine Corps should be a place of growth. The Marine Corps should be a place of prosperity, you know? And, and unfortunately, you know, there's... You know, there's people that never got out that should have been gone. You know, there's people that got in that should have never been in. And, and I think that's where people forget. You know, I think that's where people, you know, people forget, you know. And uh, one of the guys that I met over the weekend, you know, he was talking about it. You know, he was talking about the fact that, you know, uh, he, he was saying, hey, man, it ain't nothing personal. It's just business. And, uh, and he said that and he kept saying that. He was talking about that. And, uh, you know, and, and, and when he kept saying that, I've heard it before. But it was reality, you know, it was the truth of the matter, man. There's some things that, you know, we we gotta do to do and it's not something that's personally, you know, people aren't personally attacking you or whatever the case. But, you know, it, it really is just, 
you know, I think really what I wanted to do and what I wanted to, you know, because I've, I've said this before on my podcast and, you know, I don't know if I'm crazy for doing it, but I talk to myself a lot. <laughs> I talk to myself a lot. So when I grabbed the phone and I started recording an episode like this, I'm like, hey, I'm not talking to myself anymore. I'm talking to other people that are going to hear. Because it's, you know, I feel like I'm not crazy. I mean, I feel like there's other people that are having the same thoughts. I feel like the other people are having these same ideas. And the reality of it is, is that you know you have you have great phenomenal leaders out there that are never going to be given the opportunity to lead because you don't believe they are, you know. And it's like me and me and um, me and Meeks were talking about, you know, um, Meech, my bad, um, you know, I was thinking like Meek Mills, but Meech, you know, me and him were talking about it. You know, there's there's people out there like myself who were shitbags, and maybe I am still a shitbag, but. You know, there was people out there in the world who really shitbags, and then it became something. But a lot of people were shitbags, and never became anything. You know, and 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 another thing too, like, and again, this is not, you know, me shitting on nobody or me talking down to nobody, but, you know, I checked into this drill, and um, bro, there was like seven or eight Marines that were extremely overweight. You know, I'm not gonna go and call names. You know, they were out of standards. They were. Uh, I think like maybe seven or something like I don't know how many specifically but just for our you know platoon alone you know out of weight standards and you know a lot of it you look at it and there's like there's a lot of different ways to look at this right there's a lot of ways to skin a cat and um I'm not talking about skinning nobody but you know what I mean but and um I know I gotta say that I gotta like let that out there like hey I'm not saying we should go do anything crazy like that but you know somebody out there like wait a minute did he say skin a cat what but um you know in my head, I'm looking at these dudes, and I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm looking at them. I'm like, what the, what the hell? And I get really disgusted by it. I get really bothered by it. But then I realize, you know, I have my own issues. I have my own demons, right? And I also don't know what the hell is. We're reservists, you know. I, and first of all, I've never met any of these Marines. But as a reservist, you you don't see these guys every day. You know, you don't know what's going on. Some of them working two or three jobs, got a kid, got a family. You know. You know, and I'm not, I'm not sitting here advocating for it. I'm not saying it's okay or, you know, let's make excuses. I'm not saying any of that. But the reality of it is, is that sometimes nobody wants to look at that. You know, someone's going to call them a thing or someone's going to say, hey. And it's like, bro, stop being toxic. And maybe let's find out why. And then on top of that, let's look at how long, how long has this Marine been in the Marine Corps? How long has he been in the Marine Corps? Now let's ask this question. How long has he been out of standards, and what have you done to get him back in standards? What what conversations have you had with this Marine? Have you had kneecap to kneecap conversations? Have you taken this Marine out? Have you actually sat there? And I'm not talking about written counselings. I'm not talking about that shit. I'm not talking about paperwork. I'm talking about have you sat down? And then mind you, again, I don't know the Marines. I don't know the circumstances, but this happens all over the place, all over the Marine Corps active and reserves and all other branches and and the question is i'm just asking you know everybody else who can't answer right now clearly but you know i'm asking you if you're if you're in those shoes right now and you have those things going on have you thought for a second you know what let me go talk to this guy let me go ask him what's going on because maybe there's things going on in this life you know where you don't know and uh and i say that also because one of the guys that i met over the weekend we were talking and chopping it up and um you know, one of the things that he had said was we, we got into the conversation of, um, I don't know how we got into the conversation, but we got into the conversation of suicide. 
and um, it was me and him and a couple other Marines. And his viewpoint was that there's always signs. There's always signs of suicide. There's always signs that you could have seen or you just didn't want to see or you just didn't notice. And um, me and this other Marine, um, we had opposing thoughts. We were like, nah, man, I don't, I don't think that there's always signs. You know, I, I don't think that because because if you think about it, nine times out of ten, when you hear somebody committed suicide, you're the first thing you say is like, no, I never thought it would have been him. He wasn't that type of guy. So me and the other guy, he started talking about him. We're like, well, well, who is that type of guy? Like, is there a type of guy? Is there a type of girl? Like, is it? Is there a type of person? Uh, you know, I personally and, and Abe, we didn't think so. The other person thought, yeah, you know, it's a, you know not a type of person, but you know, they went through something and they, you know, visually you could have noticed it. And he brought up a marine. He was like, yeah, man, a couple of years ago, you know, we had a marine commit suicide. And he's like, I remember the drill before. Remember, he was sitting outside, had his head down, and I walked by him. And I was like, hey man, is everything good? And and all he said was something along the lines of, nah, I, I didn't commit it. Please leave me alone. And then the Marine walked away. And then that was it. And then apparently the next following month, they found out that the Marine committed suicide. And, you know, I bring that up just to say, like, you again, you, you don't know what's going on anymore. So, when you're opposing your thoughts and your views on things, you number one, it's just not okay. It's not okay for you to do that. You know, again, in, in my opinion, I, I think that you have to, you know, you have to take your, especially when you're coming from a leadership standpoint, you can't do that. You can't say, oh, I went and did this. Bro, that's, that's great. That's phenomenal that you went and did that. But, you know, with all due respect, who are you to me? You know, besides, you know, clearly you're the guy who tells me what to do. But I don't have a personal relationship with you. And and that's great that you thought that after you, you know, went through X, Y, and Z and you went through the equation, you know, the equation and you decided that that was right for you, that's phenomenal, bro. But we don't all feel that way. And for you to state that, that just to me it's just not the right thing to do, you know. You know. And I think that it's again it's from a leadership standpoint, you know, we have to be cognizant of the fact that we're molding people, you know, we're molding clay, not, I'm not saying you're, you're an item or something like that, but it's the reality of it, you know, and, you know, we're molded by our surroundings, we're molded by our leaders, we're molded by the good, the bad, the ugly, and we forget that, you know, we very well forget that, you know, and, you know, it's just a, it's a crazy thing to think about, you know, it really is, you know, because it's like, okay, well, you know, are Ashtuans warranted? Are they needed? Are they not needed? Are Ashtuans part of a, you know, a good upbringing? You know, and it's, you know, when somebody I was talking to, oh, no, it was in a podcast with Meech's, yeah, Meech, Meech's podcast, um, you know, his boy Coco was talking about that. And he was like, bro, if it wasn't for the first one that chewed my ass, I wouldn't be who I am now. I want to be the entrepreneur that I am now. So this, you know, I don't know if Koke was a, 
you know, Lance Corporal at the time, I don't remember, but, you know, he, he straight out saying, like, I owe that first sergeant, because I took it personally, and because I personally felt, you know, not attacked, but I felt that I let down that Marine, you know, and I felt that I, you know, I let him down. Now, now mind you, at the same time, you know, the opposite, the opposing thought was Sergeant Major Bull, and, um, you know, he thought the opposite. He said that if you came to me and chewed my ass, it didn't mean nothing. I think, uh, I think it was the jest of, like, bro, an ass chewing is an ass chewing. It's a bull off my back, and I'm going to move on. But if you came to me sincerely and talked to me and was like, hey, listen, man, you know, you really disappointed me because um, I, I really didn't think that would happen. And, you know, I thought that you would know me you know, I, and I never thought about it like that until he talked about it. And I was like, you know what's crazy is like in my whole life, my upbringing, I never had that from a father, you know, from my father, you know, from my father figure. It was more of the, okay, I'm going to yell, I'm going to your ass out, or I'm not going to speak to you. But I never got the, hey, man, you really disappointed me. And maybe if I did, it would have been different. You know, who knows? I don't know. But again, you know, we're all molded by our life and our past and shit, and, and it makes us who we are and who we are now, you know. So I don't fault my dad for the way he was, uh, or still is, you know. But um, you know, I think we, I think we all forget that. I think we all forget that in some, in some way, shape, or form, we are leaders, leaders in some capacity. You know, whether it's at work, whether it's at church, whether it's at the synagogue, or wherever you, you practice religion, or if you don't, you know, whether it's on the basketball team, or even if it's just you know in the store, you know, I mean, anywhere and everywhere you go, there's an opportunity. It's not being a Marine or being in the military, just even just reality, you know, being a civilian, being a human, you know, it's something that we do. You know, I'm sure that even extraterrestrials, uh, I guess, like Demi Lovato, so we gotta call them, you know, they probably have the same feeling, I don't know. Um, but, you know, I think, I think that there's a lot that's missing. Um, and I, I think there's a lot that we just gotta realize, like, you know, like, just realize that the things that you do and that you say, and it's an everyday battle, you know, it's an everyday battle, because every day you make decisions, all day long you make decisions, and, uh, you know, whether you're religious and you're not religious, you know, whether it's you taking it to God or you taking it to your family, to your wife, to your spouse, you know, you gotta, you know, ask opinions, you know, or, or you don't have to, but, you know, you gotta really take a collective thought of, you know, what am I going to do about this? And again, it's anything, it's not anything specific, you know, I'm just talking about anything, but, but, uh, but no, man, you know, I, I know I sort of, this all just talking about the Marine Corps and how much I love the Marine Corps, and, you know, I think, you know, I think I, I, it's, it's just because it's all I have, I mean, not, I don't mean that, you know, I have my family, my kids, my wife, you know, my dog, my, you know, I, and I love all of them dearly, and I, and I wouldn't be here without them. You know, but it's it's more. You know, it's the Marine. But it, but it, without the Marine Corps, I wouldn't have what I have. I really wouldn't. You know, without God, I wouldn't have that. And you know, I think that you know when you talk about it, you know, with me not being on recruiting duty anymore, with me not being in eighty four twelve anymore. You know, you know one of my uh, one of my pastoral leaders uh, recently had said to me, you know, maybe maybe the reason why God took away the recruiting duty from you was because you replaced 
God with recruiting duty. You know, recruiting duty was your life for four years. And God was like, you know what, man? I need to, I need to pull you back towards me. And, um, you know, when he said that, I, I kind of I kind of felt it. You know, I kind of felt it. And, um, and then with everything going on right now, you know, for those of you who don't know, you know, I'm trying to get a religious exemption um, so that I don't have to get the COVID-19 vaccination. Um, and I don't know what's going to happen with that. You know, and I've already stated, you know, that if that's the case, then I'm going to get out of the ring for it. You know, if, I, if, if my religious exemption gets denied, you know, I'm going to get out of the ring for it. Um, and I don't, as of the time, I don't know what that's going to do, you know. And again, it's the same thing, you know, with the with the decision that we make and the right versus wrong and who knows what's right. And, and you know, it's just the reason why I'm even, you know, having this podcast, this episode and talking about it is because I think there's a lot of people right now in the world that are having this same thought. You know, a lot of people are battling with this and they don't want to say that they don't want to be they don't want people to know that oh yeah i battle with this thought every day but i'm gonna be real with you like this you know this literally causes me anxiety that i have to make a decision like this you know what i mean and i get it listen you know a lot of people a lot of people that i talk to are like hey man what did you think was gonna happen it's the military and it's like listen man that you feel that way, uh, but I personally, again, I personally believe that you know it should be a choice. And again, these are all my personal opinions. I'm not saying any which one is right. I think you, as a man, as a, as a woman, should be able to make a decision. You know what goes on, and you know, and again, God given right, you know, to make sure you know it's it's the temple of God. Whether you believe that or not, that's on you. Um, but I believe that you know, and and, and that stems from anything. You know, that stems from you know anything. What anything. You know, and I, and I think that, again, that the reason why I brought this whole entire conversation was just simply, you know, it's, it's causing me a lot of anguish, you know, because it, it's something that if you talk to people, you know, if you talk to anybody, and if you listen to this podcast, you probably know me or have an idea of who I am. I'm one of the most motivated, Marine Corps-loving people to ever, you know, I spent four years on recruiting duty. You know, wanted to become an 8412, give back to the Marine Corps, wanted to become an 8412 to, you know, change and, and mold the minds of people and really get them to understand, you know, I started this podcast for the same reason, you know, because I wanted people to understand the positive views on the Marine Corps, I wanted them to understand the positivity of what the Marine Corps can do for you, and I also wanted to talk about the negative things, and I want to talk about the, you know, the, the, the effects, the right, the right, the wrong, the bad, the ugly, the, the, adverse effects. I want to talk about everything. I want to get it all out. Because I feel like a lot of it's hidden. I feel like a lot of it is just things that we don't talk about. And, and, and that if we talk more about the things, you know, we, we talk more about the monsters in the closets. And we, we talk more about the people that shouldn't be here. And we talk more about the people that should be here. And we help the people that need help. You know, I, I think that we can all be in a different place. I think that's, you know, not, again, not only the Marine Corps, but I think it's everywhere. And, um, now I, I really feel like that you know I really I really feel you know very torn you know with the whole entire thing you know and, you know, and, and, and in my opinion it really sucks that people would be put through this you know, 
not getting on either side of the piece. You know, I, I don't want to do that. Um, but, you know, I think that a lot of people out there who are struggling with this decision, but they're just not being vocal about it. Um, and, and in my opinion, you know, you know, you just got to take it to yourself, you know what I mean? And uh, you really got to, you know, take other people's opposing views, take other people's ideas and opinions and leave it at the door. And you got to go ahead and make your own decision because um, that's what it is at the end of the day. You know, and I and I think, you know, I think, um, you know, we we ask the world, you know, we ask God or whatever, you know, what why things like this happen. You know what I mean? And, and the reality of it is, is that you know what what nine times out of ten happens is it grows people together. You know, and um, you know you can't know growing together if you don't know tearing apart. You know, and I and I think that. You know, a lot of people are, you know, a lot of people are being torn apart. You know, a lot of families, a lot of people, a lot of, you know, whether it's companies or friends or associations, like a lot of people are being torn at the seams about some of the stuff that's going on in the world. You know, but it's also bringing some people together. Um, but, yeah, I know this is a crazy ass rant, but, um, I just ask, you know, whoever it is, whoever you are that's listening, at the end of the day, whatever you do, right, wrong, or indifferent, start taking some more time to to realize what it is you're doing, you know, you know, and again, this isn't like, I'm not going off the rails and talking about something like, you know, being biblical or anything like that, like, I'm just talking about, like, real life situation, you know, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with being biblical. I know a lot, like, you know, some of my viewers aren't, you know, Christians and or believe in any kind of spiritual things, but, you know, it's just something that I want you to think about, you know, make sure that you're making the right decision, you know, and and, and, and again, in anything, not in any specific topic or category, um, and just remember that there's people that are depending on you, um, and you may not think it. It's a huge thing too, and you know, you know, there's a there's people that are watching you, that you know they might be in your corner and you just don't know it, or or they're watching you. You know, we talk about the negative too much. You know, we talk about the negative too much. We talk about oh, there's people watching you, so they know when you mess up. You know, like people say that all the time. People are like, oh, well, why do you keep your Instagram game up? Because someone's watching me, and I want to know. I want them to know that I'm never gonna fail. Well, or it could just simply be the fact that there's people that are watching you because you are a mentor to them, because you are a, you know, a guide and a light to them or something like that. You know, I met, you know, like I said before, I met this, these three dudes and um, one of the dudes hit me up as I got in the car, drove away and he's like, yo, Statsar, I just want you to know, man, you know, if you stay, you're going to really change this unit, you're going to really make a great change here and I'm, I'm mad that I'm leaving when you're coming in. And I really just want you to know that I was I was really blessed and happy to have spent the past two days with you, and you're an awesome dude, and I can't, you know, and I hope we still link up. You know, again, and that's not me toot my own horn, but it's like, be who you are, you know, be who you are, be real with people, and, and people are gonna receive you. 
But at the same time, you know, some of y'all, maybe you need to stop being who you are. You know, maybe, maybe underneath that facade, you know, there is a better person. And, and again, as, as all of us, you know, we all need tweaks. We all need work. Uh, we all need to remind ourselves of that. And I think we forget about it. You know, I think, you know, and I, and I know I did. You know, I know four years on recruiting duty. You know, I definitely did. I definitely did. I definitely, you know, I, I, I let all that shit get to my head. You know, I let that, you know, oh, I'm the best. Oh, nobody's better than me. Oh, you know, and, uh, you know, and that caused people to have a lot of opinion about me. Um, whether good, whether bad, whether negative, but you know, you know, sometimes you just don't realize when things are going on, what's going on, and uh, you got to look back at life and um, and realize that. You know, you got to really realize. You know, you got to look at things and say, you know what, there's changes that got to be made. And uh, what are you doing, bro? Like, I don't understand why you just took forever to turn right. But, um, you know. That's the reality of it. There's a lot of things that we can change as people and we don't. And, uh, or we say that we're going to. Like, for instance, uh, I was killing it in the gym. I was killing it in the gym for like 10 months straight. And um, I don't know what happened. Uh, all of a sudden, I fell off. I haven't been in the gym. I haven't, and I'm making that very excuse through the book why I'm not going. You know, I, I attempted 75 hard, like, I don't know how many times, you know, uh, and I keep making up every excuse and every excuse, oh, tomorrow I'm going to be better, tomorrow I'm going to be better, and, you know, and it's not even about the clout, it's not about the, 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 you know, I don't have clout, but it's not about getting clout, it's not about the fame, it's not about, you know, the, the podcast, it's not about any of those things, it's, if I'm honest, the biggest thing that I'm really, really starting to realize, and right now as I'm talking, I'm realizing it, is my son, my son, my daughter, my family, you know, as much as I care about the people that I look at, like, that I work alongside in the Marines and stuff like that, the most important part of it is, is that I have children, you know, I have children, I have a wife, and, um, they're looking at me, they're looking at me all the time, and, and I encourage you to think about that, because a lot of times we forget that. We forget that, you know, our children are watching every move that we make, you know, and and we, and a lot of the stuff that's going on in the world, out in California and all these laws that are getting passed, you know, we wonder, bro, where, where is this coming from? Bro, it's coming from that. It, it, it's coming from the home. It's coming from the schools. Bro, it's a yellow light, bro. It's a yellow light. Like, it was yellow. It wasn't red. It wasn't green. It was yellow. And yellow doesn't mean stop. But, you know what I mean? It's just like, you know, we forget that, you know, I don't know how many times I'll bug out. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll um, you know, I'll yell at my dog or I'll, you know, I'll, I'll forget that my son's right there. And the reality of it is, is I'll, you know, I'll curse or I'll say something, you know. But then you think about it, it's like, okay, well, if I don't want him to curse, then I should remove those words from my vocabulary, period. Or the other night, you know, we say things like, oh, you know, a kid daddy shouldn't watch a movie like that. So if there's ever an age that you shouldn't, quote unquote, do something, well, then why are you even doing it? You know, 
know what I mean? Like, if there, if there has to be an age placed on something, and, and it becomes okay at set age, then why do it? You know what I mean? Like a movie. Or, you know, whether it's nudity or it's cursing or whatever the, the, it is. You know, you really think about it and you're like, bro, if I don't want my son to watch this. Like, I was playing video games. Playing, um, the new Far Cry. And I thought about it. Like, I don't let my son, like, watch anything to do with, you know, killing, murdering, or anything like that. You know, especially because I'm like, in my head, I'm like, bro, he's three. I, why would I allow that, right? But then the reality of it is, is that if that's the case, then why am I going to put that inside of him? Why am I going to put that in his head and mind? And why am I going to put it in mine? You know? And again, I don't know if that's just me going more to the left and me, you know, or more left, right, whatever. I don't, I don't, and I don't mean that politically. I just mean like, you know, going off the, off the rails. But, you know, I think, you know, I think we, we lose sight of that. I think that we forget that because again, you know, a lot of the things that I grew up watching, you know, was, and it's weird, you know, it's weird because it's, a, I think that's the hard thing too about parenting and about being a human being is that, you know, my father growing up, you know, never said I love you, never did, only at major life events, even to this day on the phone, I end the phone call with, all right, I love you, dad, he'll say, all right, later. you know, and I'm always looking waiting for that like man, I, love I don't get it now bro I, I don't know how many times I tell my son a day I love you I don't know how many hugs I give my son a day you know and but at the same time it, it, it all depends upon my son it all depends on my son's brain my son's thought process and how he learns to deal with that later on in life you know, because later on in life, he might decide, bro, my dad was way too lovey-dovey, and my dad was way too... Now, mind you, I'm not telling you that I'm not hard on my son, and that I don't reprimand him, because I do, because um, I'm that, I'm the same, you know, I'm, I'm the half and half, I mean, but, you know, and my daughter too, but, you know, that's the thing about it, is like, my son might be the complete opposite, you know, and, and you know, things like my dad used to bug the frick out. And I remember growing up, my dad would bug out over the remote. Like, he would be like, he would come home, and if the remote wasn't exactly where he needed it to be, then he'd bug out. Like, flipping out that it was gone. And it was like, bro, you left it on the table next to the newspaper. Like, that was you. Like, that wasn't nobody else. He would bug out. And sometimes, it, I'll find myself doing the same thing. I'll find myself, you know, and it's like, it's craziness, you know. And you say that, you know, even even as a leader, being in the Marine Corps, you say things like, oh, I'll never be that staff sergeant. I'll never be that Marine. And then you're doing something, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, crap. I'm that guy. I'm the guy that I said I would never was. But then it comes to being hard on yourself, and it comes to you being, being, being able to realize it and then make, you know, little minor tweaks to it. And I, and I think that's really what it is, you know. And I also think it, part of it all too is that you know as marines as human beings as people you know we don't we don't hold each other accountable a lot of times or we feel like oh shit if i say this to him he's gonna take it this way well then bro you know don't leave don't don't never say nothing to him you know what i mean if you never say anything then he'll never know 
And if everybody says the same thing, like, oh, you know what, he probably already knows. Well, no, you might not know. And the reality of it is, is that as grown men and women, we have to. We have to be able to, to have those conversations. And I think a, a huge problem in the world in which we're living in right now is that we don't have those conversations no more. No one's saying, hey, listen, bro, that's not okay. No one's saying, hey, man, you really shouldn't do that. People are like, ah, you know what, whatever. You know, we're going we're gonna to pander to the 1%. We're going to, you know, change the world because 1% of people think this way. When it's like, no, man, it's just, you know, that's not, that's not okay. But then again, you know, going back off what I said before, who's to say what's right and who's to say what's wrong? You know, because it's all subjective. You know, what you believe is right is what might be what I believe is wrong. And, and again, it's all, you know, going into the opposing and, and stuff like that, so... You know, it really is hard. I, uh, it's hard to, you know, differentiate. Um, but I, again, firmly, I believe that, you know, there is a line, and it's you know, it's such a hard discussion. You know, right and wrong. You know, line versus no line, gray versus there. You know, is there a gray line? Well, no, there should never be. Okay, well. It's, it's, you know, it's all great. You know, it's all, it's all insane. Um, but, you know, I'm about to pull up to the crib. But, you know, really all I just wanted to come out here and go on here and say is, you know, I, you know, thank you for the Marine Corps. You know, I wouldn't have it if, it, you know, I wouldn't have what I have if it wasn't for the Marine Corps. You know, and thank you to God for putting me in the Marine Corps, you know, because everything happened his way. You know, a lot of you don't know this, but I think I've said this in the, po- in the podcast, but, you know, y'all don't listen to all of my episodes, which is kind of messed up. Um, oh, and that's another thing. If you're listening to this episode, yo, go follow my page. Go follow my Instagram. Go follow my freaking YouTube or whatever vernacular you want to use. Because, listen, I don't, I personally don't care if I ever get huge. I personally don't care if I ever make, make, make money off of this. I personally don't. Because if y'all don't know... Bro, I've already I've I've spent money on, on t-shirts, on hoodies, on on stuff that I'm now ending. Now I'm just giving away, you know. And and it's not anything more than I hope that what I'm saying impacts somebody else because I believe wholeheartedly that I'm not the only person that feels this way. And I want you to understand that you're not alone. Um, and I want you to understand that people deal with alcoholism, that people deal with all these things. But guess what? If you're impacted by one of these episodes and you don't share it. Well, then guess what? You're being selfish. So go do the right thing. And I believe that you'll always do the right thing. Ah, see what I did there? What I told you you shouldn't do. But um, for real, you know, uh, if you can and you feel that it's right, you know, I would appreciate that you do that. Um, share this with other people. Just because I'm trying, again, I'm trying to get positivity out there. But I'm also talking, I'm, trying, I'm also trying to talk about the real things, you know. And I, I don't think anybody is. And, um, again, you know, you do what you want. You do what you think is right. Not what anybody else thinks is right. You have that heart-to-heart with yourself. You have that heart-to-heart with your family. And you make a decision based on your own decisions. And that's it. At the end of the day. Whoever you are listening to this, and that's in any context. That's whether it's COVID, whether it's should I keep drinking. If you're having, a, you know, an issue with alcoholism and you believe that, you know what, maybe it's time for me to put the bottle down. But people are saying you shouldn't. Okay. Well, you need to have that conversation with yourself. You need to decide what you're going to do for yourself and the betterment of yourself. And again, what 
you believe is right and what you believe is right because guess what? For the rest of your entire life, you're the only person that's got to deal with any of that shit. So, and also, you know, whatever the repercussions going to be. But again, you got to think about that. So, without further ado, I don't know if that made sense, but I appreciate you. I hope you enjoy the rest of your entire life. I hope you enjoy the rest of your night or day or whenever the hell it is you're listening to this. And I hope you know that um, I love you and whoever you are, somebody else does too. And you definitely need to stay around. And if you heard this podcast and you're listening right now because you heard the podcast because your ears work and you're hearing, um, thanks for being you. I don't know who you are because I don't know who you are listening right now, but it's all on to you, whoever you are. And, um, you know, thanks for everything you do. And, uh, you know, good luck with it all. So, doozy doozy bubble loosey. December sometimes with Benny. So, um, I'm at a veteran event today and um, by Claymore Vets. And it is a veteran um art show pretty much where people came to showcase their art and I have the ability to talk to the artists about who they are where they come from and how they got started so my first guest is hey I'm Trip. what's up how Trip, doing? how the hell are you I am doing uh actually, actually pretty all right friggin uh you know drove up from uh what where, 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 Pittsburgh so that was only like a four-hour drive so got a nice hefty like four-hour drive-in filled with nothing but like Nicotine and alcohol, not mm. alcohol. I was not drinking and driving. Um, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of caffeine and blurring metal. Just be like, all right, yeah, all right, the sun's down. Um, stay awake, stay awake, stay awake, stay awake. <laughs> it's good time. It's good time. So, who, who is Trip? Uh, so, uh, Trip, uh, that, that's me. That's first talking right now. Sorry, I'm not this weird normally friggin' um, but uh, yeah, no, I was uh, in the Marine Corps for a uh, bit shy of 12 years. Um, I was combat camera and then psyops. Um, uh, since then, I've published six books. Uh, Smoke with Fairy Tale series. Seven one's coming out next month. I do some art, which I guess is what we're here for now. And then uh, you know, I've also got some music out. Actually, that one big painting, uh, the the square one with the skull, that's uh, uh, the cover for an album I have called uh, Battle Damage Assessment. So, oh, yeah. so you're a music artist, you're mm-hmm. a painter, mm-hmm. you're a writer. Yep. What don't you do? Um, drink beer and stay skinny. Wait, you do that though. Do you drink beer? Yeah, but I don't say so skinny, you doing it. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what got you into into all this? Like what how did you start like so like you were in the Marine Corps for almost 12 years? Yeah. So how did you stem into the artistry? Like how did all that come about? Well, I mean, uh, there, there's a few different ways. Like like uh, say like painting and stuff like I haven't always painted, but like I've been drawing, doodling, you know, whatever for just about forever, and like most of the time, while I was in the Marine Corps. Um, I, I was actually the uh, last Marine to go through the uh, illustrator course, and then they canceled the MOS like right when I got to the fucking fleet. Oh. And, you know, like, oh hey, you're gonna go do this now. And I was like, yeah. oh yeah, this sucks. So, um, stopped doing illustrating, uh, I guess professionally then, you know, and became like a you know, repro, which is you know, print fucking monkey. And since that sucked, um, and everyone uh, at my unit was like in Iraq, they were like, hey, listen, there's only like 10 guys left at the uh thing but we need like seven dudes to go to afghanistan but we're only taking photographers i was like i know how to take pictures to get me the fuck out of here um so that that led into that but you know i've always been like drawing stuff drawing stuff and then like at some point i got into watercolor just because it was uh, cheap it's like it's all packed somewhere i was like oh, i can figure that the fuck out and then uh when i uh, got out of the marine corps and went to school um we had to do um 
like uh, acrylic paintings on a canvas, and that's what got me more into that. I actually wouldn't say I really learned that much at school. Like, I, I, didn't, I didn't even finish. So, like, that's not a dog on the teachers. That's more of a me not paying attention type thing. <laughs> but but I really did like the medium, so yeah, know, went on with that. Uh, the other thing, like, with music, um, you know, I've been playing, you know, guitar, mandolin, you know, bazooki, you know, bass drums, all that bazooki? shit. Bazooki? Uh, yeah, so it's... What's a bazooki? Uh, imagine a mandolin, but it's... What's, I don't know what a mandolin is. Um, you know what a ukulele is? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, imagine a violin that you play like a ukulele. Like, it's got frets and shit. Oh. Um, but a bazooki is one of those that's, like, I think it's two octaves lower. Might be an octave lower. What culture does that come from? Irish. Mm. Um... Kind of. And so how did you get into it's that? it's it's kind of funny because like those instruments were I think originally built in like Italy like during the Renaissance and then at some point they made it up to uh, like Ireland and they stopped being played for like say like classic type music and started being made by um whatever the whatever you call Irish rednecks started playing <laughs> them and then they came over to America and now that's like a lot of uh, like what you hear in bluegrass music that's oh. not the guitar or the drums the other weird instruments gotcha. that's, that's what those are. So, and how did you get involved in playing those? Uh, the mandolin. Uh, um, I got one. I picked one up for cheap somewhere because I was walking around with my then girlfriend, now wife, and she was like, "Hey, it'd be really cool if you got one of those." I was like, "Yeah, that would be cool." And then I woke up from a hangover and I was like, "Oh shit, what the fuck do I do with this thing?" And then I was like, "Oh, oh this is like easy. You know, it's kind of like guitar, except for exactly backwards and upside down. And the strings are in. This is nothing like a guitar, but I'm, I'm fucking, I'm gonna figure it out." And then that that instrument's in the same family as, like, say, you know, the bazooki or the octave mandolin or whatever. So it's like, and those ones, that whole uh, thing, or that whole instrument family is very much like uh, 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 the the violin, the cello, the viola, the bass, in the sense that like the only difference between you know, like, say, like the bazooki and the mandolin is this one's bigger but like you know all the notes are in the same place so kind of like the first four strings on a guitar and a bass just stretch it out a little bit mm. so yeah no and then um you know always always played a lot of music like i was the guy in the um uh, smoke pit with the fucking guitar and like i was in a band for a little bit when i was in 29 bombs and then um at some point i was like uh you know i should probably start recording this shit so, yeah you know, rolled around to that and then uh writing um you know I've, I've always you know heard stories you know you hear them on the smoke pit you know friggin <clears throat> you go out you know you talk to people about whatever kind of like you're doing now but you yeah. know you get to the point where you're like bullshitting about shit and somebody tells you this like amusing anecdote or something stupid they did in fucking korea or vietnam or whatever and you're like oh, i'm gonna write that down that's funny and then um <laughs> at, a, at a certain point you know i just have like a whole like book of these like you know like five paragraph long things that were like you know somebody's dumb story that they fucking did and i was toying with the idea at one point of you know making them all like a series of short stories but I was like you know be better is if instead of these being a bunch of like anonymous short stories I just make all this shit happen to like two characters I make up so you know instead of like 50 idiots doing 50 dumb things you get two guys doing 50 dumb things so oh shit yeah. um, also I guess what what spurred me into actually writing because like everybody has a story you know yeah, it's just yeah, a matter yeah. of sitting down and doing it yeah um, <clears throat> I was uh, in PSYOPs and I deployed on the, what, 31st Mew, so I was on the bottom of Shard, and there isn't a job on ship for PSYOPs, so I like, hey, here's a fucking Mew with literally nothing to do. So I was like, oh, well, I mean, do uh, you know what would pass the time? Let me just start writing this down, so. I think that's the best part about it, because, like, one of the reasons why I started the podcast was just the fact that, like, so many people think that when you join the military, you can't have a life. Yeah, and they and and that's the thing is like I'm a, I'm a recruiter now for a for a college and people are like oh I don't know what I want to do so I'm gonna go to school 
And I'm like, that's probably the dumbest thing in the world. Yeah, no, because that's my expensive. Mind, is because you're going to go pay $30,000 or more for something you don't know you want, when yet you can join the military and go figure out all of this stuff yeah. and get paid to figure it all out while you're doing it. So, like, I think it's awesome that you were able, and that's, like, one of the reasons, again, is just, like, you were able to find yourself while serving your country, and you found yourself in not one way, but, like, multiple ways. Yeah. Well, I think it also helps a lot, though, that, like, you know, yeah, I was in for, you know, 12 years, so, like, that's all my 20s, and most people don't figure their shit out to their late 20s anyway, yeah. so I just happen to be fortunate enough to still have Uncle Sam paying me to be an asshole yeah. while I figured out what the fuck I was doing. Yeah. <laughs> so what made you join the Marine Corps? How did that uh, I watched Fallujah on TV. I was like, I want to go fucking do that. <laughs> so how did you come become a combat camera? Um, because you go to the recruiter and you're like, hey, so what do you want to do? And you, you go in and you're like, uh, I want to be a Marine. Duh. Yeah. And they're like, well, there's different jobs in the Marines. And, you know, you're like, Wait, no, there's fucking not. Yeah. Um, so, you know, every job they tell you, you know, it's like, all right, so, like, Motor T, you drive a truck, and then you fight the bad guys. And then admin, you do paperwork and fight the bad guys. And, you know, <laughs> whatever the water supply guys are, you clean water and you fight the bad guys. It's like, I'm good at drawing. All right, well, there's a drawing MOS, and you fight the bad guys. Like, okay, here you go, buddy. So, yeah. But, I mean, that, that ended so, up doing pretty well, because, like, when I deployed, um, it was... Oh, shit. So, like, I deployed job-wise three times as a photographer. I'm sorry, a photographer, a videographer, a photographer again, and then uh, doing psyops, but like... So what are you doing when you're a combat camera? Like, what do you... When you're overseas, are you just there to, like, go out with infantry and take pictures and video them doing their shit? Uh, yes and no. So, like, um, more recently, they got rid of both public affairs and combat camera immersion into one MOS, but, like, back when I was doing my shit, you would have, say, public affairs that go out and their mission is specifically to, you know, take pictures of fucking, like, Marines giving soccer balls to kids or, you know, yeah. that kind of, like, feel-good happy. good stuff. Yeah, and, stuff. but the other thing about, like, public affairs, though, is, like, we could, they could just use ours pictures and write their own fucking story so they didn't have to leave the fob to, you mm-hmm. know, write a thing. But, like, we had, uh, as Combat Camera, a similar kind of mission, but, like, I want to say, like, 75% of the shit that I shot was... You know, we go on a raid with somebody, you know, find, you know, fucking X amount of fucking, you know, weapons, you know, drugs or fucking whatever. And it's like, let me take pictures of all this shit, you know, take pictures of, uh, you know, uh, anybody we capture, you know, get serial numbers for everything or like battle damage assessment type shit, which kind of sucks because it's like, all right, so this truck hit this IED and the biggest part left of it's like half of somebody's buttstock. Go document this. So like, say like um, where public affairs, most of their photos went to like, say, you know, the newspaper or something like most of my photos went to the intel section so they can analyze it and document shit so so what experience did you gain from your time in the marine corps that helped you be who you are now um besides the stories that you now write yeah um uh it it really helped me like stop giving a fuck about shit um and and not not know like a bad way where it's like i'm gonna go drink myself to death and drive my fucking sheep off a cliff but like because you, you know how, like, some people are fucking, like, talented, but, like, they can't do anything with it because they're afraid of, like, taking the step? Yeah. You know, well, it's like, well, I mean, you know, fucking, I, I got, like, I didn't have to take the step. I got thrown down the fucking hill. So, like, like what, what am I going to be afraid of if this doesn't work? You know? Because, like, a lot of people like to do stuff. Like, you know, you with your podcast or these people with their fucking paintings and shit, but, like, people won't do it because they're afraid of, like, what if nobody likes it? Or what if what if it doesn't mm-hmm. go anywhere? Or what if, what if I fail? And it's like, dude, man, look.
There, there's a there's a point in some people's lives where you're fucking out in the middle of the fucking desert, like in full fucking gear, stirring this fucking like fifty gallon barrel of fucking like human shit and diesel fuel, and it's like no, no. At this point, you fucking failed, right? So if you can do that, you can take your fucking art or you know your books or your music or whatever it is and push it out there because like it's not like you're going back to like burning shit again. I think that was the most pristine thing I've ever heard on my podcast and I appreciate the hell out of it. Oh, well, you're welcome. <laughs> that was, if there was any other way to say thank you to the Marine Corps, I think that was it. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. you, you already did the hard thing. Yeah. Like, and then like, say... And you've already dealt with failure, you've already felt failure, you've already faced failure. Yeah. And in the Marine Corps, and there's a lot success. of... Yeah, in the Marine Corps, there's a lot of like, even if you do it right, you fucking failed anyway. Yeah, because, you didn't burn the shit right. Yeah, yeah. so... You're turning the wrong way. Turn it the opposite way. Yeah. So like, yeah. it's not like you're going back to burn a shit or anything. Yeah. And then like, let's say like, uh, say just painting for example. Like, hey, I'm gonna go paint something. Nobody likes it. Oh well, paint something yeah. else. It's not yeah. like you paint something. You know, it might be good, but like, say nobody likes it. All right, well, or maybe go you, clean the head. Or you know? maybe like, you draw it and it's horrible. And then someone's like, wow, that's beautiful art. I'll buy it for like all this money. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, I mean, like, it's, this... it's just putting yourself out there. Yeah. Like, quit being afraid of shit. So like, that's when I said when I said the Marine Corps made me stop giving a fuck. Yeah. Not enough. Just do it. Yeah, just fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Nike, but better. Yeah. Okay. So what? Um, what's <laughs> next for you? So well, actually, before that, what made you get out of the Marine Corps? Uh, I, I got. I used to tell people that I was going to stand until they killed me or kicked me out. Um, I have these. Um, I think it's called like uh, subluxing perennial tendons. Uh, that thing that's not your Achilles, but it's beside it. Those aren't attached anymore. Oh. So uh, I get the boot. So. Yeah, so yeah, how did yeah, that yeah. happen? Years and just, of fucking abuse. Yeah, just fucking ride myself hard, hang myself up. What I mean, because like, like when I like I had a five year contract, and when I was going on to my third deployment, that was also the first time I reenlisted. So it was like bang, 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 bang. Like, um, they were doing a thing called uh, was like respite leave, where if you were you deployed too close together, they give you like an extra just fucking month of leave. Yeah, because you know. You didn't have time to like cool yeah, down yeah, or whatever, yeah. but like, dude, I had like three months of respite leave built up just because it was like, hey, we're gonna, all right, we got off deployment, all right, um, go say out to your family and then get your shit back up because we're going right back to fucking hobby life and oh, doing shit. that shit. And then like my first pump, um, what it was supposed to be, it's two thousand eight, it was a two seven. We were going to Afghanistan to train the police, and we're supposed to be there for five months, and we didn't have like anything besides that battalion. Um, some motor T dudes, and then like you know some combat camera fucking guys, and uh, we were supposed to just train the police because the like, war was over. Um, so that f- five month deployment ended up being a nine month deployment because uh, newsflash, the war wasn't fucking over. Um, yeah, like we we uh we were combat ineffective for like a little bit. Like we had to get like reinforcements from I think three five might have been somebody in eighth Marines, but then like. Uh, we had to hang out for four more, four more months till they figured out, you know, what battalion to not send to Iraq, but to send to us instead. And it was kind of weird because, like, um, that that first point when I was there, um, if anybody's ever been to like uh, Leatherneck, there's this thing called Bastion where it's like yeah. a hospital and a yeah, yeah. So when I was there, that was that base. Shut up. That was that base. It That's was it was crazy. the hospital, the Chow Hall, and the airstrip. <laughs> and then, you know, we leave in what fucking the end of 2008. You know, we show back up. You know, summer of. Uh, um, 2009 with a uh, you know three four and it's like leathernecks there it's like dude how the fuck did you guys build this thing that fast so well that's like when I got that when I got the leatherneck there was no roads and then when I was leaving the whole entire place was cement roads 
through all of Leatherneck. What were you there? I was there in 2011, okay. March 2011. And then by the time I left, there was like paved roads. And then by the time my boys took left, there was like, we would go from Leatherneck to Fob Edinburgh. And that would be like a two-week convoy. Yeah. And by the time we left, they ended up paving roads to where it would be like a three-hour drive. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was insane. That's, but, that's that's pretty Yeah, I think the only concrete I saw when I was over there was uh, Route 1. Yeah. 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 But it, and that was the crazy thing was just how quickly, like, like in Jersey, this would take years. But yet, they're oh, paving yeah. the roads and, like, in a week, it's, like, from the chow on. Yeah, no, because, like, what that, that first deployment, like, I ran around with a cap platoon the whole time. So it was like, all right, so we're going to do a thing here. So let's just move a couple platoons over here. But since, you know, we were the guys in the trucks and they didn't know what to do with us as combat camera guys. So, like, uh, you're with that guy, you're with that guy, you're with that guy. So, like, I don't know, it was neat, because, like, normally as a combat camera dude, you know, like, you're the new guy every two weeks, every time somebody does something new, but since the battalion didn't know what to do with us, you know, we ended up being, uh, or I ended up being, um, um, you know, in the same, you know, grump suit the whole fucking time, so I was like, yeah, me. <laughs> so what's next for you? What do you, I know you said you have a book coming yeah, out. Yeah, I got a book uh, coming out, uh, December 1st, um, it's called, uh, Women, Barbarians, and Slaves, and then, what, December, January 1st. I have a book coming out called Locate, Close, With, and Destroy, and then February 1st, I have Blood Makes the Grass Grow coming out. Oh, wow. So, yeah, packing it up. So you're just knocking them all out? Yeah. Well, I mean, the other thing, too, is, like, I've worked on these three books for, like, two years, specifically, just to release them back-to-back to write oh, that algorithm, okay. you know? Because, like, I'm, I'm pretty bad about, like, leaving, like, aggressive um, um, cliffhangers at the end, where, like, I routinely get, you know, people say, hey, I just read your book. I'm like, hey, cool, what you think? Fuck you for that ending. I'm like, all right, cool, so you buying the next one? I already did. Fuck you, man. So I was like, all right. So I figured I'd be, I'd be nice, and, you know, if I'm going to, like, piss you off the cliffhangers, yeah, you yeah. know, at least here's the next one. Quickly, okay. So now yeah. i got to, how many books do you have in total? Uh, six are out now, and then... Uh, three more, three more nine. Three more nine. Okay. So, and what's the first series called? Uh, the first one's called uh, Smoke with Fairy Tales, and okay. they're all in, like, one series, so... Okay. And where can we find you? Um, me, personally, you can find me on a... Um, Instagram or wherever, but um, if you just go to smokebitfairytales.com, like all the links are right there for pretty much everything. Okay. So, all right. Well, thank you for giving me some of your time. I right. appreciate thank it. Thank you for and, having uh, me. Yeah, we'll do an, a longer episode to get deeper into the weeds of everything. Oh, yeah. Dude, thanks a lot, man. Yep. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah.